from now on, it's Magic Man and El Diablo. Was, what's Diablo mean? It's like, you know, it's like Spanish for like a fighting chicken. That's awesome, I know. With the claws. With the claws. That's, and the beak. Where do you think of that? You just sometimes things click. Episode 60. The moon with the rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Move your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to A Half Hour Wasted, making a mockery out of the First Amendment. And now, here are your hosts, Brad Milo and Frank A. Rincon. And that was the third ticket I've got since I put your stupid bumper sticker on my car. I don't think it's oh. the bumper sticker. I yeah, think I think it is. It's not behind a wheel. Half hour no. wasted. It can't be the bumper sticker. So, Amy, tell us again. How does this? How, what's going on? officers had, aren't that stupid. I haven't had a ticket in four years. Okay. And I put your bumper sticker on my car, mm-hmm. and I got three tickets from April until August. Wow. Well, you see, we're making changes. We are affecting the world, not stupid. positively. But we are changing yeah. the world. So they think I'm a pothead. <laughs> yes, because of the wasted knucklehead. Thing. Yeah, yeah. I I don't see it. I think yeah. no. I think you're not giving the, our our law enforcement officers enough credit. I've really my prediction is that here in the next down. couple of months you'll get another ticket. Curse you! It won't, it won't be because of the bumper. Curse sticker. you, Brad Milo. <laughs> And uh, needless to say, we have Amy the girl. Thank you for sticking around. For this is half episode. hour wasted. Half hour wasted. It's Frank. And Brad. And Amy the Girl. Amy, Amy the, the girl. girl. Amy the Girl. Brought to you by Amy the Girl. When you need a girl, call, <laughs> call Amy, Amy the, the girl. girl. Okay, so um, we're going to announce the winner of our Superman contest, but we'll do that later. Uh, but we got some interesting voicemails. You got one you want to play, Brad? Yeah, let's do this here real quick. Do you like the way I set it up? Like, I don't know what's going on, but yeah, I really do. Yeah, like we haven't talked. Yeah. Hey, guys, this is Jed from West Texas. And uh, I just discovered your show about a week and a half ago when I was handed a business card uh, at the Staple Independent Media Expo in Austin. And that was me. pretty cool, huh? That was me. Yeah. I mean, somebody. Uh, that's probably the first time somebody <laughs> didn't just drop it on the ground yeah. or, <laughs> or didn't pick their teeth with it or yeah, something. Yeah, they work for teeth picking. I've mm-hmm. used them before. Just last week and a half, uh, going back and listening to your old episodes and catching up on it. And I'm enjoying it a lot, and I wanted to comment on your recent Lost episode, because I love that show. Um, I was expecting to be a little disappointed at the beginning of the season, just because that happened to me at the beginning of season three, because it was so aimless for that first six episodes, and I had spent the first two seasons watching it on DVD, so going to having to break for commercial every five minutes and waiting a week and a half and then a month break and et cetera, et cetera, between episodes was a bit rough. And then there was such a long break between uh, the end of season three and the beginning of this season. But uh, in the end, this has turned out to be a really, really great season, in my opinion. And um, 
I'm going to have to agree with the sentiment that this last episode, the other woman has probably been probably the lowest point of this season, where <sighs> the Desmond-centric episode, uh, The Constant, has been probably the best. Not just because it was, well, largely because of the emotional impact it had. We have a group of friends that get together to watch it every week. And just like that. I'll just like us, yeah. I was going to say, just like we all used to do, but y'all continue to do it, right? <laughs> Brad's a loser. Yeah, I cut it. I cut him out and back up a couple seconds. Every week, and I'll tell you what, there was not a dry eye in the house when he finally made that phone call to Penny at the end. Did y'all ball like babies too at lunchtime? I got emotional. The first time I saw it, I got you emotional. get emotional at you know when you see a new Simpsons episode on the yeah, TV. Yeah, so beautiful. <laughs> but also because I think it really does further advance the plot, just because of really confirming hardcore that the, the time discrepancy around the island, which I think is largely a central uh, theme of the show. I think. Okay, go Bam ahead. on it, you, Brad. Amy's go doing ahead. a lot of pointing at Brad going, <laughs> All right. see, see. Okay, this well, is his opinion, though. <laughs> I talked to somebody earlier uh, a couple of days ago who happened to agree with me. Actually, <laughs> she could see both sides. Yeah. Of the, and so she validated my point. So okay. anyway. I think that episode really brought, before that the episode before that i believe it was had with the payload being launched uh to daniel faraday from the boat and then showing up 40 minutes later something like that um but i also uh take a little bit of disagreement with the theory that the time discrepancy doesn't affect you if you can travel along this course i think faraday's uh, purpose behind sending them out there along the specific course was just to get them safely through the time discrepancy. They were still going to going to go through it, but it was going to allow they would have still be they'd be able to go through it without jumping around. And being, you know, they would go through it as in hit a few you know, hit the boat a few hours later than they were supposed to or something like that. So he, it sounds like there he agrees with y'all. It's not the it's not the when but the where. Mm-hmm. He's trying to get him safe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, right. But had they gone through on the correct course, perhaps Desmond wouldn't have started jumping back and forth through the past. Or perhaps since Faraday had encountered Desmond in the past and knew that he was going to be jumping around, he sent them along that particular course so that Desmond would hit whatever he did and begin his jumping around because he came and encountered uh, Faraday in the past, as Faraday told him to, but uh, he didn't start jumping through time until now on the island. It, you know, so I'm going to pause it because okay. I think if I think when when Faraday uh, until Desmond did the actual jump back into time, I don't think the the present day Faraday would have remembered meeting Desmond in the past. Okay, but but then he did the jump met Desmond. Then it cut to that scene of Faraday looking through his book like crazy, mm-hmm. like he's he knows there's something in the book. And then he found the page that says Well we know Desmond Faraday has constant. a very bad memory. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's true. There's that. There's also a fun thing regarding the time travel and all of that. Uh, if you look on the season three D V D if any of you own it or if anyone you know owns it, uh, one of the Easter eggs, I don't remember exactly where it is, it's not too terribly hard to find and on the internet you can find where pretty much any of the easter eggs are but one of the easter eggs on the season season three dvd is um a training film an excerpt from the training film from the dharma initiative hatch i believe the orchid uh but it's it does it deals with the bunnies 
that they were experimenting on and time travel and things of this nature. And uh, it, seeing that brings up a whole bunch of interesting little uh, theories in addition to, to that whole aspect of the story, which will probably be brought out you know, in the future. If I remember that, I've seen that on my DVD. If I remember correctly... Uh, he's holding a bunny. He's right? holding a bunny with a number 15 on it. Mm-hmm. And then something happens, some weird noise or a flash of light or both or something like that. And behind him on a shelf, there appeared a bunny with the number 15. And they freaked. He's like, get that bunny out of here or whatever. You know, they can't be in the same place at the same time. Something like that. Really weird. And, of course, that that does lend some credence to to the whole time travel thing. But, yeah, that was a really freaky little bit of information that they'd snuck in there. Beyond that, I'm really enjoying the show. And... By that, I mean your show, not Lost. I've already established that I'm enjoying Lost. I am enjoying your show. Sweet. And uh, keep it up. I'll keep listening. Bye. Awesome. What's his name? Uh, uh, Jed, Jed from West Texas. Here, it says it right off the top, I think. Thank you, Jed. Hey, guys, this is Jed from West Texas. From West yeah. Texas. Jed. Cool. Jed, you're the best. Thanks for listening. Um, Thanks, Jed. Thanks for, not, Jed. Thanks for not dropping the near. business card on the ground. Or <laughs> yeah. picking your teeth with them. Okay. Okay, Brad, you wanted to bring up two points or two questions. Yeah, I just had a couple of things. Um, and just to let you guys know, it's not going to be all lost. No, this isn't a lost episode, but since we got that voicemail, it was appropriate. Um, and those of you who are smart might notice a time discrepancy of our own <laughs> in the recording of this episode. I'll just leave it at that. You can figure it out on yourself. Amy knows exactly We're what I'm We're time traveling. Yes. Um, did Desmond – okay, this is a spoiler alert for last week's uh, – Spoiler alert! For for Jin what, Yao is what it's called. Jin, Jin, yeah, Jin, Jin Yao, yeah, Jin Yao, something like yeah. that. For the um, episode of Lost that aired on March the thirteenth. Okay. okay, if you haven't seen that, call Jin Yao. Um, do not listen. Spoiler alert! Go. Did Desmond ever meet Michael? No. Or did Michael leave? I know it at. I, uh, I there was know. a point when when Michael came back to the hatch, shot Libby. Mm-hmm. Remember, so he was in the hatch when he shot Libby. I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly. At that point, we'd already known Desmond. Obviously, mm-hmm. did they ever meet? And the reason I'm asking is because you could when 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 Michael appeared on the boat in this last episode, Kevin Johnson. You obviously knew uh, Saeed knew him, and you could even yeah. see the spark of recognition. But, you know, he just, he tabled it. He's like, hey, it's nice to meet you. I didn't see that spark of recognition in Desmond's eyes. Well, Desmond is in the past. He didn't know who Saeed was. Remember? In the last episode? Because he's shifting at back that and forth. Point, but at that point in the story, that was, though, he's That was not. the previous episode. Right. Mm-hmm. That was the, 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 the... Well, I'm assuming he's still at that point. He's no, he's not. Because at the end of that one present. episode, he, he recognized Saeed. Like, and his nose is not bleeding anymore. Yeah. Remember, they, fi- they solved that problem? He's found his constant... He seems to it's be okay, right? And Saeed was like, are you better now? He said, yeah, I'm better. Thank you, brother. I didn't pick up on that. Thank you, brother. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> yeah. at the end of that that episode in question, Desmond is back in the proper frame of reference. Okay. So in this past episode, G.E. Yon, whatever it is, I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't remember if Desmond had ever met Michael once everybody made it into the hatch. I can't, I don't know. I can't yeah. remember either. I, I don't think so. On our uh, CGS board, mm-hmm. uh, Wet Rats, Stuart says that Lostpedia says that they uh, never met 
Mm-hmm. And Mike Norton says, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they did meet. So I who knows? Know. I can't okay. remember the timeline. Okay. It's so much to keep in your brain. I know. Uh, at my new job, there's a, a, a guy that I met that um, that works with me. His name's Joe. He just he and his girlfriend just started watching Lost um, a few months ago on the DVDs. And mm-hmm. I said, dude, I'm jealous of you because you're seeing it all for the first time and you're seeing it back to back to back without having to wait. Mm-hmm. That's the way to do it. Yeah. It totally is. I just wanted to ask you all the question about Desmond and, okay. and Michael because I, I couldn't remember. I, that was a great episode, I thought, though. Yeah. Now, one other thing that I was going to ask. I'm still not clear who the sixth. Uh, I think it's debatable who the sixth uh, Oceanic Six member is. Well, let's go through who we know. It's um, Jack. Jack. Kate, Jack and Kate. Kate. Saeed. Hurley. Hurley and Saeed. Hurley and Saeed. Jen is definitely. No, not, son. Not son, son. 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 So that's six. No, that's five. That's five. five. Oh, well, then um, the baby. That's one. Well, argument but she was I've born. Heard. Maybe we think she was born though. Aaron. Aaron. Oh, We're Aaron. Aaron. That's right, Aaron. Uh, that's one argument I heard was that Aaron would not be considered one mm-hmm. of the Oceanic Six because he wasn't on the plane. Oh. But okay. he kind of was in her in his but mom's he belly. Survived the island. Yes. Would he be the sixth, or would Jen be the sixth? Did Jen make it off we the don't island? Know. I know we don't know if because they went to see Jen's grave site. In uh, um, Korea, on, on, on the gravesite, I looked this up the other night, and it said that he died on, on the day the of the crash. Yes, it on said he died on the crash. day of the crash, and we don't know if that's a memorial or a gravesite. Okay, so if he died on the gra- day of the crash, he wouldn't be considered one of the Oceanic Six. He, that would be a memorial. Well, but and we know that's not true because he didn't actually die on the actual day of the crash. Yeah, but the public thinks there is an oceanic right. six but the oceanic six have agreed on the story yes but so who we does, don't know who does the public think is that sixth oceanic six member i don't know yet. Aaron, don't the know baby yet. i'm well you got to lean towards aaron right now but or is the oceanic sixth the sixth member of that group is that the one in the coffin mm-hmm. uh, well or that could be someone because that's the furthest part in the hist- uh, uh, yeah. the flash forwards that's that could true. be one of the six that have already died that's true and this past episode was cool how they showed a Sons flash forward, and you thought you were watching Jen's flash forward, but it's not. It was Jen's flashback. They put them together. Yeah, Yeah. it was awesome. I want to know from the last week we had that caller who said he knew who was in the coffin. Yeah, that was Johnny. I want to know what. I don't know. He may be. Here's your chain. He may be yanking it a little bit, or he may know. (laughs) But Johnny, we love you. But plus, he's he's full of hot air. That guy. (laughs) Okay. Well. All right. So what? So we got a letter recently. Uh oh. Oh, do you have to go? China's calling. Okay. <laughs> Amy, the girl's going to step away from the mic for a minute because she actually has business. Um, but we got a letter? Yes, we did. Um, I don't know how, to, I don't know how to, to say this. You know, you know all these uh, letters we've been getting from Adam? Yeah. It turns out they're not from Adam. Are you serious? Yeah. They're from some guy named uh, Phineas T. Birdpocket. Oh, okay. All right, let me get the... I don't uh, trust... Um, I wonder if Phineas knows my uh, cousin Cornelius Haberdasher. I don't know. That was my. Uh, that was some guy who was going around in, when I grew up in Corpus Christi, pretending to be me. For real? Uh, long story. I have to tell you another time. Wow. Okay. Let's get the Hulk music going. <laughs> my dearest friends, winter is retreating here in the hinterlands. The once unbreakable ground is now breathing the air of the free world again. And with each breath, springtime draws inevitably closer. How am I doing, you ask? Friends, I am in love. Aww. I am in love with... 
I'd thank you not to ever make that noise again. What? Aww. Because it really wigs me out. That's my noise. Okay, That's my trademark we. noise. I am in love with a voice. The voice? Why, it is the voice of Mr. Bill McGonnell, of course. The voice <laughs> of the half-hour wasted act itself. You see, as indicated by the smatterings of crimson blood on this correspondence, I have recently undergone, though unintentional, a significant surgical operation. A word to the wise. When you contract a woodsman to saw your cabin walls, make sure that he has the proper licensure. I fear that in my resolute attempt of escape from my bed, I quickly became skittish and impulsive, paying no attention to the credentials of those in my employ. The lout sawed my neck into halves, and I have not been able to make an audible noise or utterance for a fortnight. Rest That's assured that I'm... Huh? That's two weeks. I was going to ask you what a fortnight was. Rest assured that I am teaching myself to speak again by Bill's, by Bill's vocal coaching. I use his three-second monologues at the beginnings of your shows for training. Bradley, your delightful antics shelter me from a torrent of forlornness and withdrawal. Frank. Huh? Oh, the smell of your specialty bread reminds me of my youthful bliss. My word, how could I deceive you both? It is treachery, I know. My words may, in fact, mean far less after reading this letter. This is where the light starts to come on right here. I hope the unseen radio waves of your broadcast report my cause right, for I meant no harm in my actions. I beg your forgiveness and ask to keep our comradeship and goodwill alive. I am a victim, too, of cruel, cruel circumstances. Before I reach the crux of my true purpose, I believe my words will require a simple, yet infinitely complex preface. The man you know as a Mr. Umak... Note, he says, note, forgive me, his accursed surname is so confounding to pronounce. You and me both, buddy. The man you know as Mr. Umak has been writing you letters under my instruction and not of his own accord. (gasps) Hmm. You may not know this, but we have already met, though not formally. Many months ago, I found myself on a sojourn in the rural highlands of Redding, Pennsylvania. I was making headway back to my home when I saw the very same gentleman speaking to you both on the corner of 3rd and Spruce Streets in Redding, Pennsylvania. I feared that blue-blooded member's society lace curtain, such as you are, would not wish to speak with an unwashed lowly like myself. That's true. Yeah. I do not wish to associate myself with elitists and socialites. Mercury thermometers, pin cushions... Electric chandeliers? Enough of these devices. (laughs) I lead a humble existence, as should you all. At any rate, I stayed aback, bearded by the shadows themselves, breathing with jaws agape at the opportunity before me. Whilst blundering to his motor vehicle in the wee small hours of the morning, Wild nights! Wild Wild nights. nights. I stuffed him onto the hub of my quadricycle (laughs) and made haste to my home in the mountains. As an unwilling captive in my log house, his spirited persona has served my agenda well over these last four months. I took his identity. Through this new persona, I could exact vengeance upon my ultimate adversary, Barnabas T. Cornswallow. So this guy's name is Phineas T. Birdpocket, and his enemy apparently is Barnabas T. Cornswallow. He is a wicked man, so evil that his qualities have taken form and void inside of me. Even at my boldest and brassiest, I would never, ever hurt a thick-set, thick-set, 
lads such as your friend Adam. Remember that I too was once a husky child. Cornswallow's influence me drove me to the kidnapping of your friend, but I can no longer bear the mounting guilt. I have carried these lies upon my back for many months, just as ancient Sisyphus pushes a great stone uphill in Tartarus for all eternity. Demoralized and distraught like never before, I write you this letter asking for your forgiveness. I have since freed your friend and have rethought my plan for Cornswallow's fall from grace. I will be posting my memoirs and ongoing adventures in your forum space, creating a vast narrative yarn which all of your artist friends and forum members are encouraged to illustrate as the story progresses. Together we shall create the first graphical narrative of its kind for publication. The world will know the truth at last. I shall publish the truth about his misdeeds. Yours truly, Phineas T. Birdpocket. Mr. Birdpocket, I would like to suggest something called Netflix. Something you can do with your free time, which apparently you have a lot of. <laughs> Mr. Birdpocket, so you want us to create a story on the forum, Brad, kick in if I'm, if I'm wrong here, yeah, no. and then have someone illustrate it. Yeah, there's a thread already started. and I I'm, love this yeah, this idea. sounds like a really cool idea. I can't remember the name of the thread. Um, we will put a link on it, on our show notes. Yeah, we'll find it, put I the link on the show notes. Pizza. Yeah, well, it looks good. Um, Adam and his buddy Dan Station mm-hmm. on the forum came up with this idea to create this character, uh, uh, Phineas T. Birdpocket. I love Birdpocket. Yeah, it's awesome. And whose arch enemy is uh, Barnabas T. Cornswallow. I like the fact that both of their names have a, uh, uh, their middle names start with a T. Yeah. Like James T. Kirk. It's awesome. Tiberius. I bet their names are Tiberius. Yeah. <laughs> Phineas Tiberius Birdpocket. And Barnabas Tiberius Cornswallow. That's awesome. So let's put it out there. Yeah. Um, anyone who wants to start illustrating, how should we do this? Brian? Well, there is there is a picture of Phineas T. Birdpocket mm-hmm. sitting at his dinner table in the log cabin that was mentioned in this okay. in this uh, uh, letter. So you guys can look at that picture. Amy's back. You guys can look at that picture, which is probably a good idea that you had to leave because. <laughs> You would have been like hanging yourself if, if if you'd been in here the last few minutes. You can listen to it off air. Yeah. Why? Because you were talking about how much you love black and white movies. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Totally, she caught me on that one. Um. Anyway, so Adam and and Dan uh, intend on continuing to write this type of narrative, the story about this guy mm-hmm. Phineas T. Birdpocket. It'll be on that thread, and any artists that listen to the show who are. Uh, who, who feel uh, moved to illustrate what has been happening can post their illustrations on that thread. And we'll, we'll kind of have, like, like like you said, the first graphical narrative narrative of its kind for publication. The first so, graphical narrative on a on a uh, message board. So June Bob Kim, yeah. Erica Hesse, Trust Harold Jennett. Harold Jennett. Or, uh, or any other artist that's on our forum. I might, even, I might even pitch in. I might try. It might yeah. be kind of fun. I can't get on the forums more often. I know. I'm completely missing. So Adam, start writing the story, man. How's that? How's that? And pizza? we'll get right on that. I like Delicious. this idea a lot. I bet. Wouldn't I it be too. cool to actually see it, um, like published in, from Kablam someday? <laughs> and and each of us who participated bought a copy. <laughs> yeah. You know they'll print one copy if yeah, you want. Yeah, that's true. That's I think true. it's a good idea. It's a great idea. Awesome. So, uh, Amy, why did you have to leave us? 
Today we hosted the Spelling Bee, yeah. the, the regional Spelling Bee, and they're turned down the, the set, so I had to let some folks into the studio. Okay. So Nothing I, that exciting. There was a major upset, though, on the Spelling Bee today. You told us about that, yeah. Yes. Well, you want to... Can you spell Vichy Soise? Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> the second place winner did. Oh, man. That's a hard word. That is. What's the meaning? V-I-S-H-Y. S W S W A U D wrong X. It's, I, I think see, it's fish soup of some kind. Uh, I used to date a girl named Fishy. Fishy yeah, I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up real quick. Okay. <laughs> How's that going? Hang on, I'm still typing in the address. You're the best Googler, Greg. Uh, um, yeah. Brad. And the fastest typist. Greg. Greg. I thought we'd tell people we weren't. Use I our real we, names. I thought we told each other we wouldn't use our real names on the show. Uh, oh, I just blew my, that about an hour ago. Uh, my real name is Cornelius <laughs> Haberdasher. I'm looking up. I'm I'm googling the name Tiberius now. <laughs> All right, Brad, Brad you got to click at some point. You're just typing. Okay. <laughs> All right. Dead end. We need to wrap up another bit of old business. Okay, and that's the Superman contest. Yes. Okay. So weeks ago. We wanted people to call in and give us just their most heartfelt um, Superman story or memory or something about Superman. So they can win this keen action figure from... Um, Phineas T. Bird Pocket. From Phineas <laughs> T. Bird Pocket, yes. Um, and we had several entries. We've already played two of them. We had one from Johnny M. who wanted um, who wanted Superman to die. He said his favorite Superman moment was when Doomsday killed him. Yes. And then my, w- one of my favorite stories Soda, up till then was Soda. Soda, his heartfelt story about him yeah. and his dad going to the movie. I can totally relate to that, Joe, because my when I go to the movie with my 13-year-old, you know, I, I took her to see uh, Return of the Sith or Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was just neat being able to share that with her. So I mm-hmm. totally see where you're coming from, and I like it. Did you ever go to a movie with your dad, just you and your dad? Do you have like a memory like that? My dad and I watched Stand By Me. That was kind of our movie. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, but we have other voicemails. And Amy, these will be new to you, so you'll get to hear them. It's Brad right. and I have already, we have found a clear winner. We've totally picked our winner already. And we, I'll play we, it we, last. We, and we went random. Uh, well, Brad said, you listen to him. You tell me what you think. I did the same thing, and we both came up with the same one. In Do fact, remember, I called Brad and I go, we, this is the winner. I don't remember which guy it was. I know it's not this one, so let's listen to this one. Okay. Not that, not that these people, they're all deserving and they're all good. But but, but there was one that that made uh, Frank and I both cry. Yes. Here we go. This is uh, this a, is one of the entries. No is, particular order. This is a runner-up. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, this is Harold Jeanette or uh, Trustee Mutsi on the boards. Harold. He Jean- said Jeanette, and we've been saying Janet. Janet. Jeanette. So I guess it's Jeanette. Jeanette. It's Jeanette, and it's Umac. Play it again. All right, here we go. Hey, guys, this is Harold Jeanette, or uh, Trustee Mutsi on the boards. Um, I'm probably too late for the Superman contest, but I still thought I'd call in anyway with my Superman story Um, because when you guys mentioned the contest, it made me remember something I hadn't remembered in a long time. Um, When I was a little boy, probably about, oh, gosh, well, how old was I? Probably third grade. I was much too young for this to happen to me, or actually, I was probably older than something like this should happen. But um, I was in bed 
thing with my superpowers Superman figure. <laughs> and, uh, That's awesome. But I was playing this, I don't know, I had some little story going on in my head with my action figures, and I'm playing with them. And somehow the story involves Superman getting fired by the President of the United States. Ooh. And I got myself so sad with the story that I actually made myself cry. Oh. <laughs> Okay. And uh, it was kind. Of, it's kind of sad looking back on it that I was able to do that. I I'll pause it. Can Is you it? see Harold sitting on his bed with the sheet pulled over yeah. and a flashlight, <laughs> like yeah. to light under it? And he's sitting there, rocking back and forth, crying, holding his Superman oh. action figure. I'm sorry, Superman, but I'll have to fire you as the president of the United <laughs> States of America. Isn't that kind of the storyline from The Invisibles? He gets thrown <laughs> out, kinda. Yeah, yeah. He because of all the lawsuits, yeah, and stuff like that. Oh, they fire all the superheroes. Uh-huh. Where's, where's my super suit? What do you want with your suit? <laughs> and why do you want it is what she says. And why do you want it? Where's my suit? <laughs> where's my super suit, woman? <laughs> I got myself so worked up that I, I got a little, little teary-eyed over it. Um, and Superman was fired. And um, President uh, never really found a replacement for him, I don't think. But he <laughs> let him go. And uh, I was pretty, I was pretty upset. So... Anyway, that's it. That's my Superman story. I think that explains um, I'm probably a lot. too late, like I said, to win the action figure, but I still thought maybe you'd find it kind of depressing that I was able to do that to myself. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, love the show still. Don't screw it up. And uh, talk to you guys later. Yes, See you sir. on the message boards. Bye bye. That's a good story. There it is. I can remember getting myself emotional over storylines that I would invent in my head. So I can relate to you that. You still get emotional over storylines you invent in your head. <laughs> maybe she likes me. <laughs> Here's one from our friend Erica Hesse. Okay. Hey, Frank and Brad. It's me, Erica. Just thought I'd give you a call after listening to your most recent episode. Um, first off, I want to say that I'm sorry that I didn't give a call for episode 50. Um, congratulations on 50 episodes, even though you're past that now. Um, what else I'd like to say is uh, I was listening to your podcast, and you were mentioning about your favorite moment when you watch Superman movies when you're younger. Um, my favorite moment in Superman movies would have to be uh, Superman 2. And what I liked about it, the most memorable for me when I was a kid, was Christopher, Christopher Reeves in his white shirt with, uh, <laughs> with Lois Lane. <laughs> hey, he was hot for his time. Yeah. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I, uh, you know. I have to agree, he was. Can you read my mind? <laughs> Him in his, you know, white shirt. Anyhow, uh, yeah, it was a great movie. So, uh, that's all I have to say. And, uh, oh yeah, I'm gonna, thanks for putting up, uh, the black t-shirt, Brad, for Half Hour Wasted. I'm gonna be ordering one today. Thank you. Talk to you guys later. Have fun. Bye. Talk to you guys later. I like later. how she says you guys. I'm going to one today. Thank you. Talk to you guys later. You Have guys. fun. Bye. She's Thank from you, Jersey. Erica, She's the girl. And she played uh, another one, which was just clarification on, on our Superman thing. So who else do we got? <clears throat> well, we have two left, and I, I can't remember which one the winner is. There's a guy named Robert, and there's a guy named Todd. Play Todd first, and then... Oh, we'll stop it if it's not the winner. Hi, guys. This is Todd from St. Louis. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, listening to your last show, I just brought back some memories I thought I'd share. 
Um, I really enjoy your all your Star Wars talk. Uh, it's funny here in St. Louis when the when the film opened, it opened on one screen on the Creve Core, which I guess was like the premier theater back then. And uh, you had to kind of go and wait in line to go get a ticket, and then you know which wasn't going to be for that day. Then you had to come back. So it took me about two or three months to convince my parents to drive the half hour down to Creep Corps and wait in line and get tickets. So I didn't see it till the end of that summer of '77. Uh, strangely, it didn't it didn't blow. I was nine years old, I guess, when it came out. It didn't blow me away. I guess like it did everybody else. That was uh, Flash Gordon of all things did. I saw that movie uh, 18 times movie. in the theater between uh, when it opened and December 1980 through the summer 81, I guess. Back then, movies stayed around a whole lot longer. And there were a lot of times where I was the only one in the theater seeing Flash Gordon. Uh, the story about having to go see Zapped is kind of funny. I, I had the same kind of experience wanting to, trying to sneak in to see another movie. I think I probably saw Battle Beyond the Stars or something like three or four times all while trying to work up the courage to dart across the lobby to see... Uh, the Bo Derek Tarzan movie. <laughs> <laughs> I never did. So, uh, and I've got kind of a creepy Superman story. I don't necessarily need the toy. My kids would tear it up, but <gasps> late 70s, <clears throat> uh, my mother and I were in an accident, and uh, it was scary, but it wasn't, in the end, it wasn't all that serious. But I remember we were on a two lane highway, ran right in front of the drive in. We we're on our way to church or something. And I had a Superman book I was reading, and it was, uh, I don't know the issue number, but uh, it was with Solomon Grundy, and Solomon Grundy was trying to steal Superman's cape. And we had a uh, lady coming from the other lane, drifted on our lane, hit his head on. And uh, yeah, my mother ended up missing, losing a couple teeth, and I just kind of, my nose just all swelled up. But uh, we, the, we had an old Monte Carlo, and it was totaled, and we were able to go and clean it out, you know, before the insurance company whatever took it away, and there was my comic book, and I didn't want to lose my comic book, so for years I had a old a Superman book in my, you know, my box of comics that had blood all over it, you know, <laughs> blood, so that's kind of creepy, uh, you know, I didn't want to get rid of my comic, you know, so uh, anyway, keep up the good work, you guys are, are really, really funny, I listen to you, when I see it in my iTunes feed, I can't wait to listen to it, I listen to you guys at work. Thank you. Uh, I listen to a lot of comics-related podcasts, and be frank, most of them you just kind of put up with the personality just, you know, for the, the information or the talk, and you guys are all about the personality. Uh, it, it really borders on professional sounding. <laughs> so uh, wow. keep sticking it to the man. Yes. <laughs> <All right. laughs> nice. Nice I love this. I, love, I used to have the soundtrack. So this great. Um, Amy, concerning the Zapped reference, when I was um, Zapped was a movie with Scott Baio, and it was one of those teenage movies, and I, I was too young to go see it at the time. So um, I bought a ticket to see a PG Woody Allen movie, mm -hmm. and I kept walking out of the Woody Allen movie, hoping that the ticket usher in the Zapped um, front theater would be gone, so I could sneak in to see Zapped, but. He was always there, so I never got to sneak it. So I never got to see Zapped. Have you seen it now? Um, I think I saw it about 10 years ago, and it's just a silly 
silly teen romp movie. That's better all. put it in your queue. <laughs> I better. <laughs> okay. This, this so. has nothing to do with anything, but I just saw this in my iTunes and wondered if y'all remembered this song. Oh yeah! Someone's watching me. Who's watching? Yeah, yeah. Rockwell. Um, Michael Jackson seems back up. Yeah, he does. Barry That's Gordy's right, son. Watching. That's Barry Gordy's son. Oh, okay. That's why he called himself Rockwell because he didn't want, you know, to, people to know who he was. Yeah, and to feel like he got a record deal because he was, you know, Barry Gordy's son. But of course, all those hits he's had. You can hear MJ in there. Love that song. Okay, now for the winner. Okay, now, now again, guys, these are all great stories. We love them. But I think you're going to agree that when you hear this one... Clear winner. This was the clear winner. Again, remember, this one made both Frank and me cry. You guys, this is making me think about the first movie that I ever remember actually standing in line for was Star Wars, the second Really? Mm-hmm. Empire Strikes even, Back? Yeah, didn't even occur to me until my brother really wanted to see it bad. Yeah. But uh, I, before we play it, Thank you so much for all the voicemails. We yes, really appreciate it. We'll be having a, a contest again soon, maybe giving away some of the trades that Johnny M. and, and Adam Umack gave us. But, Brad? Hey, you said his name right. Oh, sorry. Umack. Thank or, you. Uh, Brad? Omack. Play the winner. All right, here we go. This is from a guy named Robert Brooks. Hey, my name is Robert Brooks. I've uh, been listening to your show for uh, pretty much most all the episodes and wanted to call and leave my entry for the Superman uh, contest. Um, my my story is basically about my papa killing Superman. Uh, <laughs> it sounds kind of cruel, but when I was a little kid uh, in kindergarten, I was over at my grandparents' house. They live on a farm. They have a big front yard, and it's bigger than a football field. And my grandmother taking me to town and bought me a Superman kite. And I was in the front yard flying it. And my papa came out and asked me what I was doing, and I started telling him all about how Superman was the greatest, and nothing could hurt him, and bullets bounced off of him, and all that stuff. And my papa goes back in the house, and a few minutes later, I hear a loud noise, and all of a sudden, Superman starts to flutter in the air, and he starts to come down, and his nose dives into the ground. Oh no! And I turn around, and my papa standing on the front porch with the rifle, <laughs> with smoke pouring out the end of the barrel. And just looks at me, and he goes, well, I guess that bullet didn't bounce off of him. And he comes around and goes back in the house with me screaming, Papa just killed Superman. Papa just killed Superman. That's amazing. And my parents, after they calmed me down, um, me and my dad went and picked up the kite, and the bullet hole was right between the eyes. And so I learned at a young age not to make Papa mad, but... um, it sounds kind of cruel that he killed Superman, you know, especially with me being a little kid and all. But a couple of weeks before that, I had ran out in the middle of the road and to get the mail and almost got hit by a car. And when they asked me why I ran across the street without looking, um, I told them, well, that's okay, because, you know, I would have just crushed the car like the Hulk or Superman would. Uh-huh. And so I didn't get at the point that, you know, for superheroes, you know, we couldn't do the things that they could do. And after Papa killed Superman, they never had explained to me again. And I'm still a big Superman fan. You know, he, I, looking back at it, he wasn't trying to be cruel, you know, but he was just trying to teach me a lesson that, you know, that, you know, we can't do the things that they can do in the comics. So that's my story about 
how Superman's affected my life. So I'll keep listening, and y'all keep recording. That's the greatest Superman story I've ever heard. You turned beat red. You were laughing so <laughs> hard. Little five-year-old kid. Can you imagine so being great. five years old, <laughs> watching your kite nosedive and turn around and see your grandfather on the porch with Pat a big ball. old rifle? God, it just kills me. Okay, Robert Brooks. You send us your snail mail address, and you are getting your hero in the mail, Superman. And what's good about that story is the way he told it, because if he told you the punchline of, you know, I had run into front of the truck, then it would have been ruined. See, right. good, good storytelling ability there. Yes, way to go, Robert. You was, are a true yarn spinner. That was awesome. <laughs> so, um, Great. That was pretty good. And and Pepaw's a pretty good shot. <laughs> right between the eyes. <laughs> don't get, don't ah. get Pepaw mad. Ah. Uh, Okay. I'm glad I didn't have him for a grandfather. <laughs> I thought my grandfather was mean when I was little. When my brother and I were little, we'd stay at Mimi and Granddad's house, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, he's not mean. I, you know, both Mimi and Granddad are dead now. But, uh, <clears throat> uh, but you know, when I was little, I thought, you know, my grandparents hung the moon, right? So right. I'm picking on my brother and my grandfather, Granddad. He'd had enough, right? So he says, "Bradley, go sit on the couch, take your shoes and socks off." Okay, so I did. He goes in the kitchen, comes back out with a yardstick. Oh, he grabs my foot, pulls it way up in the air, and proceeds to smack the crap out of the bottom of my foot. Don't you ever hit your brother again. Smack, 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 smack. It worked, man. Wow. That was nice to my brother for the rest of the day. Wow. Then I slept. (laughs) But I'm still, I mean, it's funny what grandparents will do. You think they're, you know... Like the kindest people, and I'm not saying they're not, mm-hmm. but, you know, they're human beings, too. Every yeah. once in a while, they'll just surprise you. They can give you back to your parents. That's yes, why that's, they're so nice. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, anyway, cool. thanks, well, Robert, for that story. That was pretty story. awesome. Congratulations, Robert. He was clearly the winner. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm glad you agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My head hurts from laughing. But, guys, thank you so much for all of your entries. Uh, Harold, <laughs> Erica, t- and Todd, thank you so much. And Soda and Johnny. And soda, yeah. Yeah. Appreciate him so much. Uh, we'll announce the contest Jeanette. next time. Jeanette. Jeanette. Harold Jeanette. Let's wrap this puppy up. Okay. Uh, if you have any comments, Robert, especially you, send us your snail mail to halfhourwasted at gmail.com. You can visit us at, on the web at halfhourwasted.com or the comic forums.com. Now, Brad, if they want to leave us a voicemail, dial 641 715 3900, extension. Seven seven five zero zero six four pound, and uh, and we'll, I'm sure we'll play it on a future episode. Amy the girl, thank you for joining us. Thanks, thank Amy. you, it's fun. Brad, see you next week. Yes, you will. On a half hour wasted. Take care. Thank you, Limp Biscuit. Thanks, Limp Biscuit. Sorry, but thanks, sorry. Limp Biscuit. Sorry about that.